Welcome to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. Today is November the 16th, and my name is Christine Kim. I am broadcasting to you today from the University of British Columbia Vancouver campus from unceded Musqueam territory. On today's show, we have so much to cover, and I know this may seem like a totally oversaid statement on the Arts Report, but truly, it's shows like today that make me want to change our program to an hour and a half or two-hour-long episode, because one hour is just not enough to cover everything that's going on in this beautiful city. So without further ado, here's what we've got lined up for today's show. We're going to be starting off with an interview with the Executive Director, Barbara Smith, of the National Youth Orchestra of Canada, who will be talking about the current auditions being held for their 2017 season all across Canada. Then we've got two special ticket giveaways, one for Good Noise Vancouver Gospel Choir and the other for the China Broadcasting Chinese Orchestra. We've got two overdue reviews of a performance by the Vancouver Cantata Singers, as well as the production of a console by UBC Opera. Finally, we have two more interviews to play uh, for two different productions, one by Theatre Obscura, who will be putting on Jacob Marley's Christmas Carol from December the 2nd to the 18th, and the other by the Vancouver Academy of Music Symphony Orchestra in partnership with Go Ballet for Peter and the Wolf. You see, I totally wasn't kidding when I said this show has got a lot to cover today, but I have faith we can do this because this is what makes the Arts Report fun to listen to, the beautiful and the bright array of all things arts and culture in our very own Van City. As I mentioned, the National Youth Orchestra of Canada is getting ready to celebrate Canada's 150th anniversary for their 2017 season by holding auditions all across university campuses in Canada. I got to speak with the executive director of NYO, Barbara Smith, as well as with a UBC student that has participated in NYO's summer programs in the past. Take a listen. My name is Barbara Smith, and I'm the Executive Director and Artistic Director for the National Youth Orchestra. And I'm Kevin Ng. Um, I'm an alumnus of the orchestra. I was part of the National Youth Orchestra in both 2013 and 2014 as a violinist. And what cities have you already hit before Vancouver? Oh, wow. We've been to, or at least I have, been to uh, Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Halifax, and of course we're based in Toronto, so there. So we're on a sort of cross-country zigzagging uh, tour. And I'm from Vancouver. I'm actually a UBC student, mm -hmm. so it's great to be here and to see Barb again. <laughs> gotcha. And are auditions being held in Vancouver then? Well, actually, the way we audition is a little different now. We used to do live auditions across the country, but that became rather unwieldy, and our schedule didn't always um, match up with a student's schedule. So students can apply now until the end of the year, so they have till the end of December. And then they record and upload their own video, audition video, to a private YouTube site. Those videos are then disseminated to our faculty of professional musicians, and they make the selection in, uh, in February. Gotcha. And what do you think about this new audition, way of auditioning? I think it's great. I mean, I think one of the scariest parts of an audition is sort of the uncertainty, right? You go into a room, there's a panel of people sitting in front of you and anything can happen. But, you know, when you record yourself, you can, you have some, you have a bit more control over 
you know what and you make sure you produce the best product possible and the best audition tape. Great. And how has your experience been participating with the National Youth Orchestra? Oh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I think you learn so much from, you know, the not just the faculty and the conductors, of course, but you you meet so many fantastic friends that you develop throughout the years. And yeah, I mean, the tour is always a lot of fun as well. Um, when I was part of the orchestra, we did, a, we did two cross-Canada tours and, you know, there's nothing quite as satisfying is going across the country um, with a massive group of friends and playing great concerts and having a lot of fun. So on top of the friends that students make in, you know, the program, what do you think that the National Youth Orchestra of Canada offers to uh, the young up-and-coming musicians here in Canada? Uh, we offer so much. It's a very comprehensive program. It's it's arguably the preeminent orchestral training program in the country, if not in North America. Mm. Uh, not only do they have an opportunity to work with very high-level professional musicians and music educators, uh, throughout the training period, they get to do chamber music. We have a two-week chamber music festival they have orchestral training we do um, business skills development uh, professional training we have a very comprehensive injury prevention and musicians health program that's integrated to into the program they get to tour and our tours can take us anywhere this year this past summer we were actually in Portugal touring plus concerts here in Canada next year as part of Canada 150 we're going to be going across Canada from Prince Edward Island to Vancouver Island and into the north. So they get that opportunity, but they also get the opportunity to develop lifelong connections with uh, their future colleagues and or friends, and uh, that's really important. They get to play at a very, very high level, and uh, then there's a financial incentive. Um, it's a tuition-free program. Every student leaves with a minimum of $1,000, and um, some uh, get $10,000 or $5,000 or $25,000 in a concerto in one case. So um, we also offer uh, a pretty um, robust um, financial incentive program through our awards and scholarships. Mm -hmm. In fact, $175,000 in awards that we, we give students. Mm -hmm. And tell me about what's going to be special about the 150th anniversary. I mean, I already know that there's um, more scholarships available this mm -hmm. year than previous. Um, anything that we can look, be looking forward to? Well, certainly, yes, um, absolutely. We have a commemorative scholarship worth $10,000, a Canada 150 award, we're calling it. But we've also got um, the opportunity, again, to go coast to coast to coast. We're going to be doing a documentary. The orchestra will be traveling by train for a good portion of the tour, including overnight trains, which will be a, a lot of fun. Uh, we're chartering an airplane. But we're doing some very innovative programming as part of this tour where we have partnered with um, several indigenous artists including a filmmaker, um, and a Métis composer, um, spoken word artists and it's a youth response to truth and reconciliation and we're calling it the Unsilent Project. It's a very exciting uh, piece that's going to be a, mm -hmm. a centerpiece of uh, our program this year. And very fitting. Very I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we're very excited about it. And will you be participating, Kevin, in the 2017? Uh, I certainly hope so. I mean, I think I'll, I'm definitely looking into. I mean, as Barb alluded to, there are 
so many fantastic programs out there, but NYO is really stands among the best, you know, in my experience doing summer festivals either in Canada or abroad. You know, it's really quite remarkable the level of training and artistry that we get from mm-hmm. this program. Mm-hmm. And now I'm wondering, so for the for this orchestra, in what ways does it open up the doors for other styles of of orchestra? Other styles of orchestra, well, mm-hmm. certainly classical, and where we do traditional Western classical music, but we also have a new music program. So uh, we do a lot of new music. We do new music readings. We commission new works. We work with young. Uh, emerging composers as well. We have um, uh, chamber music, so students work in smaller ensembles. Um, there's uh, lots of opportunities to explore and do all sorts of different uh, things. And many of our students come from various backgrounds and experiences with with music and and other uh, disciplines as well. And one of the programs that kind of stood out to me was the play with the masters program. Do you want to give a little bit more detail about that one? Yeah, that's a, a new program. If you go to our website at nyoc.org, you'll see the Play With the Masters series. That's where we asked our faculty, or many of our faculty, uh, to uh, do some master classes with some of the students, and we recorded those master classes. So it's an opportunity for uh, prospective students to uh, go to our website and get a sense about how I should be playing this piece, how should I be playing this excerpt if I'm going to be auditioning, not just for the NYO, but for a professional orchestra or for school or whatever the audition experience might be. There's also um, a mock audition on there as part of the series, so students can actually go and see what a live audition would be like and uh, hear feedback from the uh, faculty as to how the uh, the auditionees performed in that audition, what they were looking for, where they could improve. So it's a really instructive program for mm-hmm. prospective students. And for yourself, Kevin, what do you mm-hmm. think are the next steps for people who have gone through the NYU um, or NYO uh, program well I think that's one of the great things about the program is that it trains you up in such a with not just you know it's not just about this is what how you play and so on it trains you you know how to be a better musician how to be how to work in a team um, how to you know as Barb alluded to you know we get some we learn we get uh, lessons on you know musician health and all of that so I think you know among my group of friends that have gone through the program you know there are people in music of course but there are people in completely diverse fields as well and I think all of those people would say that the training that you get at NYO supports that in some way or other. Delving a little bit more deeply into that, what do you think are the ingredients that make a great musician? Well, I think the most important thing is that you enjoy it and you're passionate about it, and I think ultimately that's why most musicians do what they do. Um, But I think in this day and age, there's a need for musicians to not just be good at music. You have to be, you know, a great performer. You have to be a great... You have to be able to market yourself, and you have to be extremely versatile in the term, in the types of music that you play. And so I think moving forward, that's what these sorts of training programs offer to young musicians and to develop this repertoire of skills. Mm-hmm. And actually touching on that, I mean, I think that... Uh a lot of the fields in the fine arts, including music, are quite competitive. And for yourself, Barbara, when you're looking at these musicians who are submitting in their applications, how how difficult is it to um, 
get accepted into 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 the NYO program? Well, it varies from year to year, um, and it certainly varies from instrument to instrument. Um, so it goes in cycles. Uh, uh, certainly, it's a high-level orchestra. There's no question about it. We're looking for and, and do recruit and accept students who play at a very high level. Um, but again, it's really hard to say from one year to the other um, uh, how difficult it is depending on the instrument, the repertoire, the excerpts that have been chosen for that year. But um, it is it is high level. It is uh, it's not an easy orchestra. You're not going to get in by uh, phoning it in, so to speak, with your audition. Right. And yeah. do you have any thoughts mm -hmm. on I guess the limited amount of opportunities and uh, paths that I guess that youth can take to make mu music their passion mm. a career or a profession? Well, I don't think it is limited. I think it's wide open, actually. And as, as Kevin mentioned, I mean, this it open, NYO opens all sorts of doors for you. We they You get to explore. You get to uh, you learn that the, the, the profession isn't just orchestral playing or just chamber playing or solo playing. It's actually multifaceted. It's very comprehensive now and and uh, professional musicians aren't sort of put in a box and and uh, and only work in one area but also you know and again as Kevin alluded to uh, many of our students aren't pursuing a career in music they're pursuing a career in medicine or or law or the sciences and uh, many of the skills they're learning in NYO are transferable to those professions and we certainly welcome those students because we really believe we're, we're helping to create a really well-rounded student who also happens to appreciate music. Right, right. Kevin, and what are you mm -hmm. studying at UBC? I study microbiology and immunology, actually. So There you go. Not music. There we go. There you go. Well, I guess as one of my final questions, do you two mind giving a brief couple sentences of why you think anyone who's listening, any student that is passionate about music should go and see, I guess, what they need to do to audition for the 2017 season. I mean, so the artistic level of the orchestra is really fantastic, and especially with this season coming up, it seems like there's a lot of very innovative and forward-thinking um, artistic approaches, and that's hugely exciting. Um, but also, it's just a lot of fun. You meet a lot of great people, you build lifelong friendships, and you just generally have a it's a fantastic way to spend the summer, for sure. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. And I, I think that, uh, again, this is a very high-level orchestra. The artistry, the musicianship is, is, you know, you won't find it anywhere else. This is the creme de la creme of, of what Canada has to offer in terms of young aspiring musicians. Um, there are financial incentives, so for students who feel that they have to forfeit a summer's you know, employment opportunity, mm. we address that with our awards and scholarships that, that go to every student. It's a tuition-free program. Um, you will have an opportunity to work with professional musicians who are principal players in major orchestras and ensembles from around the world, great music educators. So it's a comprehensive and very exciting program for any student. And the comment I hear the most from our alumni, from students who've gone through the program, is it was life-altering. And I think that says a lot. Go to our website at nyoc.org, or you can phone our office. All the numbers are, are on the website. You can um, fill out the application, and then you have until the end of January to submit your own recorded uh, audition, and uh, there's instructions for how to do that on there. And, of course, we're always happy to answer questions either by phone or email anytime. Perfect. Mm. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. Thank you so much.
I hope you enjoyed that interview. That was an interview with the executive director, Barbara Smith, and Kevin Ng, who is an alumnus for the National Youth Orchestra of Canada. After a few short commercial breaks, the Arts Report will be back for two special ticket giveaways. Now in its 16th year, Media Democracy Days brings together media makers, activists, and educators to celebrate independent media and social change. Media Democracy Days is happening this year at the Central Branch of the Vancouver Public Library on November 15th and 16th. The event includes a community radio takeover of the Inspiration Lab on the 15th and 16th at the Central Branch of the Vancouver Public Library and a full day of hands-on workshops, discussions, and collaboratively determined events on November 19th at SFU Vancouver's Harbour Centre campus. This year's keynote speaker is Ryan McMahon of the Red Man Laughing Podcast. The event is free to attend. Visit 2016.mediademocracydays.ca for a full program. Crimes and Treasons Radio, this is Riff Raff. Every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. on 101.9 FM with Relly Rails and Jules Andre Brown. Welcome back. So this is the exciting part of the show. Well, I mean, the entire show is exciting, but this is in a particularly exciting part of the show uh, where we get to do ticket giveaways. And while these ticket giveaways will be a little bit different from the ones that we usually host in the past, which are live ticket giveaways where you, our listeners, call in, these ticket giveaways will be done through email. So uh, what this means is if you're interested in winning either of the ticket giveaways that we are going to be announcing right now, please email us as soon as you can uh, to the arts report uh, our email ad- address is arts at citr.ca and i will be repeating that so don't worry if you haven't got a pen and paper handy right now the first ticket giveaway that we have is for good noise vancouver gospel choir they've got their annual christmas concert coming up in on december the 9th and the 10th at christ church cathedral Their concert is entitled Something to Treasure and will be featuring guest artists from the Abbotsford Ensemble, the Alumni Project. I'm going to be playing one of their uh, featured songs, Jesus, the Light of the World, right now. And hopefully that'll entice you to want to put your name in for this ticket giveaway draw. Um, You can win these free pair of tickets to uh, the Good Noise Vancouver Gospel Choir annual Christmas concert uh, for December the 9th at the Christchurch Cathedral by emailing the arts report at arts at citr.ca. So here is Jesus, the Light of the World by Good Noise Vancouver Gospel Choir. Shine. 
our second ticket giveaway is for the China Broadcasting Chinese Orchestra. They will be presenting the production Enchanting China, an orchestral extravaganza on November 29th and the 30th, so about two weeks from now, at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. This program features a diverse array of opera, classical, European instrumental music, as well as traditional Chinese folk music by world-class musicians. So if you are interested in winning a free pair of tickets to this diverse program, please do email the arts report at arts at citr.ca and for any of you guys who are on the fence about whether or not you think this is going to be a good show to come watch I am going to be playing one of the orchestra's very own pieces called Dancing Under the Moon
are our ticket giveaways for the show. Again, the first person to email the arts report about either one of the productions will win a free pair of tickets and this is just a really great opportunity to have a fun night out on the town with a significant other or with a friend at basically zero the cost. Uh, You would be surprised how high your chances are to win these tickets so please do email us at arts at citr.ca. Stay tuned because we've still got a lot to talk about. You are listening to The Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. What's up, UBC? Looking to try something new and exciting this year? Then check out UBC Sailing Club. Our club offers lessons and year-round exclusive access to our fleet of monohull and high-performance sailboats, kayaks, windsurfers, and paddleboards. Whatever floats your boat. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit our website at www.ubcsailing.org for more info. Discorder and magazine from CITR 101.9 FM presents a showcase of emerging Vancouver-based hip-hop artists Friday, November 18th at the Media Club. The lineup is comprised of some of the most talked about and should be talked about hip-hop artists in Vancouver. Including So Loki, Missy D, Romy, Something August, Spotty Joseph, and Freeman Young, with CITR's Crimes and Treasons DJing and MCing this 19-plus event. We them boys! Be sure to come check us out. We're Crimes and Treasons Radio. We're going to be hosting and DJing at the Media Club. Be sure to come check us out. Crimes and Treasons. For more information and tickets, visit discorder.ca. Hello. Now, for the next part of our show, there are two overdue reviews that I really must do. Um, The first one is going to have to be the performance by the Vancouver Cantata Singers, who did a performance of the Chichester Psalms on November the 5th, which was about two Saturdays ago, at the Ryerson United Church. I had never heard of the Vancouver Cantata Singers, nor had I ever been to Ryerson United Church. Um, And to be quite honest, when I heard about Cantata Singers, I immediately thought of Christmas jingles. Um, But what I found after watching the performance was actually quite different. The performance was in my opinion, very similar to opera, um, except for the fact that it's not just a few individuals singing, it's an entire group. So basically a choir singing these incredible hymns at very precise and awe-inspiring harmonies. Uh, The melodies and the notes that this group was able to hit uh, was really quite astounding. I must highlight, uh, obviously, the artistic director and conductor of this group, Paula Kremer, but also the young soloist. This soloist really gave an incredible performance because his voice seriously imitated the sounds of an instrument hitting one solid note or a variety of notes in succession, but... His voice was that clear and that um, piercing almost, I could say, but in like a very good way. Uh, So I truly, as you can probably already tell, uh, love the performance. And it really did introduce me to a new genre of music 
that I hadn't really gotten into before, but am now very excited about. The second review that I have is for The Consul by UBC Opera, and The Consul played from November the 3rd to the 6th, and it was one of those rare operas that was sung in English. Luckily, there were still subtitles because uh, even if your opera is sung in English, sometimes it's quite hard to be able to catch all the words and the phrases that are being sung. The Consul was composed by Giancarlo Menotti, and the opera is about a woman trying to immigrate with her mother and her son. Uh, from an unspecified European country to be reunited with her husband. This woman's name is Magda, and her husband had escaped from the country due to political persecution. And while he escaped in haste and also illegally, uh, Magda is trying to pursue the route of filing all the necessary documents to be able to immigrate to this new country by going through the bureaucratic system. It turns out that it's actually ridiculously hard for her to do so. She has to fill out form after form while her child is basically starving and she and her mother are being interrogated about her husband's whereabouts. So all of this kind of puts an intense amount of pressure on Magda's psyche and really in the end she ends up killing herself in a very tragic way. Surprisingly, I could sort of relate. I felt for her frustration and her and her anger at the cost and the amount of waiting required uh, for something that should be so simple. My experience going through the process of obtaining a green card, which is a permanent residency for the United States, was quite arduous and uh, required a lot of money, but uh, also years, years upon years of time and obviously that process is is basically incomparable to what Magda the the character in the console was going through as well as what refugees around the world are going through um, in terms of trying to immigrate to a safe haven I could still feel and understand at least a bit of how dehumanizing the process going through the bureaucratic system can be for a foreigner and I really can't even begin to imagine the situation of real families going through a very similar situ situation to what the family and the console, the opera, the console. So really overall, I thought it was a very timely play and one that drew empathy, or I guess a better word is awareness about how dehumanizing the process can be. The process of gaining refuge to another country can be. And beyond these two productions that are now both past and gone, you can follow up with the new productions that the Vancouver Canada Singers, as well as UBC Opera, will be showing by going to their respective websites. So for UBC Opera, you can find out what their next production will be by going to music.ubc.ca. And for the Vancouver Canada Singers, their website is vancouvercantatasingers.com. <laughs> Easy enough. But for either of them in your, if you're interested in learning more about the productions that uh, they had in early November or for the productions that they will be having in the upcoming future, please do visit either website. And given that we've spoken briefly about these two productions that have come and gone, there are two productions that are coming up uh, that I'm very excited to share with you guys. 
The first one is the Corregliano Festival concert happening this upcoming Saturday, November the 19th at the Chan Center. The performance will be celebrating the music of Academy Award and Oscar-winning composer John Corregliano. He's composed music for many films, best known of which is probably The Red Violin. There are free, I repeat, free student rush tickets available on the performance day, so do take advantage of that. And now the second uh, upcoming performance that I want to highlight is Peter and the Wolf by Vancouver Academy of Music Symphony Orchestra in partnership with Go Ballet. They'll be performing on November the 27th at the Orpheum Theatre. And in light of this, I got to interview very briefly uh, the musical, the music director, Leslie Dalla, about this unique partnership. Sure thing. My name is Leslie Dalla, and I am the music director of the Vancouver Academy of Music Symphony Orchestra. And we are gearing up for a concert on Saturday, uh, Sunday, November 27th at the Orpheum in collaboration with the Go Ballet and with the Vancouver Bach Choir. We're presenting an afternoon of Russian music uh, featuring Prokofiev's Peter and the Wolf and Rachmaninoff's Choral Symphony, The Bells. Tell me, what is the story of Peter and the Wolf? Well, Peter and the Wolf is a, a story which the composer, uh, Sergei Prokofiev, actually wrote himself, uh, as well as the, the music to the piece. And it's um, it's a children's story, essentially. It's, it's very sweet. It's about uh, a little boy who lives uh, in the Russian village with his grandfather. And um, there's a, a wolf on the loose, and Peter's very inquisitive and curious, and he wants to go and, and see this wolf, and his grandfather is understandably quite protective and doesn't want him to, uh, you know, get hurt, and so he forbids him from, from leaving the house. And meanwhile, this this uh, this wolf has uh, appeared in the, in the village and uh, um, tries to get a bird, but the bird flies away, and he actually eats a duck, uh, and there's some hunters chasing the, uh, the wolf and Peter just his, his uh, curiosity gets too much of him, so the better of him. So he uh, he does wander out, and uh, he actually manages to to catch the wolf instead of then the hunters show up and they're about to kill him. And, and then Peter says, "No, no, no! I've got a better idea. Let's take him to the zoo." So it, it has a bit of a happy ending in that sense, I guess, except for the duck uh, who has, has been uh, eaten. It's a, it's a quite a charming uh, story, and uh, the, the music that accompanies it is uh, quite magical and, and wonderful. And it was actually commissioned by, um, I can't remember the title exactly, but the, the Russian sort of Ministry of, of Education approached Prokofiev about writing a piece for for young kids in order to instill in them, you know, a sort of appreciation and cultivated um, learning and listening. And speaking of uh, the pieces for Peter and the Wolf by I do know that it features instruments as characters. Do you want to elaborate a little bit about uh, that feature? Yeah, sure thing. So in in an effort to be educational about it as well, um, Prokofiev wrote specific characters are represented by instruments. So for example, the bird is the solo flute. Mm. Uh, The oboe is is the duck. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a cat in the story, which is the clarinet. The grandfather is the bassoon. Violins represent Peter. Uh, the horns represent uh, the wolf. So uh, very clearly, as the tale is being told by the narrator, uh, each of the references then uh, come to life musically through, uh, through the instruments of the orchestra. 
Gotcha. And do you find that from the Russian classical music you've come across um, in your experience, are there common features or distinguishing marks about Russian classical music that you would say is worthy of note? Uh, no, that's an excellent question. Um, I mean, this, the whole program that we're doing features music by three different Russian composers. And I think if um, Modest Mazorsky, uh, who is uh, the, the, um, the earliest of the three, and then Sergei Rachmaninoff in the second half, and Prokofiev were roughly contemporaries, but you, in a way, if you listen to the music, you would find that they couldn't be more unlike in a certain way so um, it's hard to generalize I mean each each composer um, tends to have their own sort of language uh, their musical language their idea of, yeah. of what kind of structure they pursue um, you know Prokofiev wrote a lot of concertos and, and symphonies and several operas and things and I would say Peter and the Wolf is, is um, they thought that it's very unlike the rest of his music but this is a sort of a, a special piece written for clearly like a young audience um, and so the music tends to be very careful um, and, and there's a sense of almost lighthearted fun in it I'm not sure I would describe most of his music like that and, and if you compare him to say Rachmaninoff uh, Rachmaninoff was known as a bit, a bit of a brooding uh, individual uh, but he wrote some of the most highly romantic uh, and, and music with great luscious music that has so much sweep in it um so but they're both russian and they both you know grew up uh, not uh, um quite close to each other in, in in terms of time and history so uh, i think i i'm not going to make any kind of broad generalization but to say that you know each each composer has really his own voice and his own way of, of approaching his art for this Peter and the Wolf, you're not only leading over 100 mus musicians of the Vancouver Academy of Music Symphony Orchestra, which seems like a feat in and of itself, but you're also bringing together that music with Go Ballet, the dancers. So tell me about some of the challenges that you face in uh, leading both groups together. You know, I, the Go Ballet is uh, a company I admire tremendously, and I've had the good fortune of uh, working with them the past several years on their annual Nutcracker production. Uh, so I, I know Chan Han Go and her work, and uh, um, she brings such a consummate um, skill and artistry uh, to you know how she works with her dancers, and also a huge knowledge of of, of the music that is uh, played. So she makes she makes my job very easy, actually, in a way, uh, because the the dancers are, are rehearsing in advance, usually with a recording or something, and uh, we'll only be able to get together. We're only in the Orpheum that morning together for a dress rehearsal, and uh, so her dancers are, are very much kind of ready to do their thing, and I just need to make sure that uh, I don't do anything too crazy uh, with the score. So we function sort of interdependently in a certain way, if you know what I mean. And the other, I'd say the big challenge for them, though, is that, of course, the Orpheum is a, is a concert hall. It's not, it's not a, they're going to put in a, a small dance floor at the front so that they can operate that way, but uh, the space is the limitation because normally in ballet, of course, if, if there even is an orchestra or a live ensemble, they would be in the pit mm -hmm. and the dancers would have the stage to themselves, but that's not the case here. So space is actually going to be our biggest challenge. That Interesting. The, that the dancers have, have enough room to maneuver around. Um, and the second half of the program features the Vancouver Bach Choir, which has over 80 members in it. So 
invite you to a wonderful concert or presentation of the Vancouver Academy of Music Symphony Orchestra on Sunday afternoon, November the 27th, uh, at the Orpheum Theatre at 2 o'clock. We will be performing, among other works, at Prokofiev's magical Peter and the Wolves. On the second half, we will have Rachmaninoff's Choral Symphony, The Bells, which is an epic work for soloists, chorus, and orchestra, which is very, very rarely performed. Uh, so uh, this concert will feature some absolutely memorable music. One piece, which is a complete classic known and loved by many, many people, and another work which is uh, an unjustly neglected masterpiece. So I hope very much that you will join me and the Vancouver Academy Music Symphony Orchestra with members of the Go Ballet and members of the Vancouver Bach Choir and our special guest, Christopher Gaze, who will be narrating Peter and the Wolf. Uh, it'll be a very memorable and fun afternoon. I really do appreciate uh, your time as well as this interview. No, my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great uh, afternoon. Thanks, you too. Thank you very much for listening to the Arts Report. That is all that we've got for our show today. Yay, we did it. We talked about everything from the National Youth Orchestra of Canada all the way to Peter and the Wolf. So thank you so much for tuning into the show this week. For more information on anything we talked about on today's program, please do feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. Our Twitter handle is at CITR underscore Arts Report. My name is Christine Kim. Please do tune in again next week for another edition of the Arts Report from 5 to 6 p.m. PST. As always... Be sure to go and get involved with the arts and culture scene here in Vancouver because it is so diverse and so active here in Vancouver. It would be a shame to miss out. So there you have it. Until next time, Arts Report listeners. Having trouble finding affordable, fresh-baked goods and coffee?